Warning, this episode may contain explicit language and spoilers for the entirety of the Reordenverse. Welcome back, guys, Hi, to everyone. episode 26, Annabeth buys Happy Meals for a Two-Faced God. A.K.A. Season 4, Episode 2. Whee! We are diving into chapters 4 to 6 of the Battle of the Labyrinth today. <laughs> 46? No, chapters 4 to 6. <laughs> 69? <laughs> 629. That's from Madagascar, guys. <laughs> Can't believe they made that joke. <laughs> Sorry, Joe, these three chapters are noise. very good person about the content. Noise, noise, noise. We get some grabby hands. Ugh. We get that some. That doesn't sound right. In but we'll, we'll explain. <laughs> we'll explain. explain. <laughs> we get some grabby hands. We get some Percy being concerned because she's been in the attic for way too long. Yeah, him being so restless. He's like, oh my god, my, my, my princess is missing. <laughs> I have to go get her. Yeah. What, no styles? No styles. Sorry, Joe, before we even get into chapter four, this is episode 26. I just want to give us a little pat on the back. We have officially been recording for six months. Hell yeah, it feels like a week ago. I know, right? It feels like zero time ago. It hasn't been six months for you guys when these episodes are coming out. No, it's been six months for us recording. <laughs> yeah, recording-wise, it's been six months. And it's been a pretty hectic six months, but also so much fun. So good. Yes. Having to remember to read. Being <laughs> <laughs> like... Because I, I do other reading, and so it's like, no, no, you got to read this book as well. I'm like, oh, fuck, all right, yeah. Don't forget this other thing that we always do. <laughs> it happens to me every time. It'll yeah. be, like, day off, and Kate will be like, have you done your reading? And I'll be like, ah! <laughs> She'll be like, stop making me do homework! <laughs> I'm not going to hate homework, guys. Sorry. But, yeah, so just wanted to point that out. I think that's a super good accomplishment for us. <laughs> and, yeah, I'm having so much fun with this. And I'm... If this is... This has been the easiest six months ever. Black. Oh, yeah. You can only imagine how much we're going to accomplish by, like, the end of these series. Yeah. Not this series, but, like, every... The whole... Yeah. Whole kit and caboodle. Broaden universe. Look, I know that we're already on the fourth book of the Percy Jackson series, but we've got so much to cover that uh, we've got a long way to go. That we're much. not going anywhere anytime We have so many ideas... For episodes, yes. and yes, we haven't even decided. Oh, what, have we decided what series we're reading next. Yes, which one? Kane Chronicles next. Oh, we are reading yeah. Kane Chronicles next. We're reading Kane next because they Ooh. technically okay. happen at the same time as the beginning of Heroes of Olympus. But the reason that I want to do Kane Chronicles first is because if you count the, so officially they happen at the same time as the beginning of Heroes of Olympus, but. Technically, I think they happened before because when you get to the crossover stories between Percy Jackson and Heroes of Olympus, I mean, uh, Kane Chronicles, they're sort of before Heroes of Olympus kind of happened. So either that or they're way after. Right. They might be way after. I have to reread them. I can't remember if Jason or any of them mentioned, so. Well, we're going to reread them. <laughs> yeah. Or well, you will read them for the first time. So yeah, our format will change for the next for Kane Chronicles because you haven't read them. So I will have to curb my spoilers. Kay will, yes. And either that or you just hurry yeah, up I was looking forward to it. We can become less of a spoiler curb. Spoiler pod. Yeah. Joe, chapter four. Annabeth breaks her rules. She's breaking a lot of rules. I mean, this really should have been the title for the last episode, but what? I understand. I mean, for the last, for chapter three. 
But I understand why it's I remember reason going, this chapter. what world did she break? Uh, taking more than three on a quest. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. That's not a rule. It's more well, just a guideline. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, this chapter is basically just Percy pining for the whole chapter. Oh, it's so good. For reasons he doesn't realise. Yeah, fast so, this chapter. I was like... Yeah, Percy dreams of Daedalus and what's happened with him and Icarus, and then Annabeth is granted a quest and she visits the Oracle, and then Percy loses his mind, basically, because she takes too long to visit the Oracle, and then she, when she comes back, tells him prophecy and then chooses way too many people to take with her, and yeah, that's pretty Way much meaning one. <laughs> still way too many, because the last time we took too many, those too many died. Yeah, that was a one. Yeah. So you guys were there for that. Annabeth's yeah. basically and I realise Annabeth wasn't on that quest, but she's basically signed someone's death warrant. She's and like, what are you talking about? You the prophecy itself five also four came to back. That. Yeah. You're like, you yeah. sent out five four came back, yeah, but Which yeah. I can only it was imagine. A rescue mission, that was supposed to be one extra <laughs> coming back. I can only imagine how she feels then after the whole blowing up the mountain scenario when later in the book, you know, that happens. The Cersei was. Yeah, but I can only imagine how she feels when he... <laughs> oh, that's... Yeah, because she's like, fuck, I picked too many people and we've just lost the most important And she's like, yeah, I just lost the love of my life. <laughs> but we'll get to that when we get to that. So... We'll get there when we get there. Literally. So, yeah, chapter four, we're starting off with this flashback, basically, of Daedalus and Icarus. And it's Daedalus and Icarus being locked in the tower after the Minstrel's been killed. Yeah. And Percy doesn't really know what's going on. I don't think they were locked in a tower. I thought they were locked in the centre of the maze. No, then how do they fly out a window? I thought they... Well, I didn't think the maze had a roof on it. The world is the roof. <laughs> it's underground. <laughs> what do you mean it doesn't have a roof? As in, it's like... As <laughs> in, the middle has a sun, it's like a sunroof. That's how I always pictured it in my head. Like an atrium kind of deal. Sure. But then it'd be really easy to find the middle of the labyrinth. <laughs> Right, yeah. I'm just telling you, that's how I always yeah. read it. I just always read that's it as fair. they were in the middle. They were in. The that is possibly how Rick has written this to be, but in the actual myth, they're in a tower. Okay. Out of the labyrinth. Right. So, so yeah, we get to see uh, King Minos. He's not named because that's supposed to be a huge spoiler for the end of the book. He's not named, but it's King Minos saying, You helped the Athenian kill my Minotaur, Daedalus. You turned my own daughter against me. And Daedalus says, You did that yourself, Your Majesty. And then basically. Uh, a guard kicks Daedalus in the ribs, and Icarus is like distraught and is like, "Stop it, my poor father!" Cause and he's then, an old man. Yeah. Then they're locked in forever as a bar lowers across the doors with a fatal boom, and then Percy wakes up in a cold sweat. He's like, "Oh, burger." Yeah. Wakes up in a cold sweat, and then the next morning, they basically have a war council to discuss what they're going to do with the labyrinth. Clarice goes, I am not going back in there. Annabeth is basically thrust under the bus, but she also kind of volunteers. Because she's not thrust under the bus, she climbs under it. Yeah. But so this is the first point where uh, they're openly discussing the labyrinth with more than just Clarice and Annabeth. Yeah, it's no longer a secret. Yeah. So they're talking to all the head counsellors, so Percy's hearing this for the second time, but also kind of getting a full story, because... Uh, and they're also talking to Quintus about it, and... Oh, and he's like, I wasn't special enough to hear the full story beforehand. Yeah. Fine, be that way. Annabeth tells everyone that Luke's been sending scouts into the maze, and that they know that, because they found one, the one being Chris Rodriguez, and... Quintus knows who Chris Rodriguez is because he goes, oh, I understand now. 
So that's, you know, meaningful enough. And yeah, he's searching for, Luke is searching for Daedalus' workshop uh, because he's the guy who created the maze, obviously, made the maze. And wants to find the string to help navigate the maze itself. Then Beckendorf puts up his hand uh, and asks Annabeth why Luke thinks that Daedalus would be in the middle of the maze because isn't this guy literally centuries old? And Annabeth's like, look, he could be. He might not be. Like, we have to take that risk, basically. And Quintus is just in the corner like, "Eh." (laughs) He's like, no, surely he's dead. (laughs) Yeah. He's like, well, he's like, yes, Dalius is dead. Dalius. Dalius. What did I say? Dalius. That's why well, I said to Dalius. Dalius is dead. Yeah. He's like, yeah, Dalius is dead. Quintus is alive. <laughs> He's alive and well. So yeah, uh, Annabeth says that they need to find the workshop before Luke <coughs> does, especially if Dalius is alive. We need to convince him to help <coughs> and not And they have to make sure that if Aradne's string exists, they have to make sure it never falls into Luke's hands. And then Percy has the great idea to just blow up the entrance to the tunnel. <laughs> and then Clarice basically goes... Look, it's uh, not about, look Clarice had the same idea. Yeah. It's she's just, like, look, I already tried that. Yeah. She's like, you can't call him dumb, because it's like, she had the same idea. Yeah. It's just already been tested. <laughs> yeah. So when she tried to blow up the Phoenix entrance, it just shifted a few feet to the side. So she was like, fuck, that's not really, a, not really an option. So yeah, they have to get to uh, the workshop first. And... Annabeth is basically awarded, I'll use the word awarded, awarded the quest, and she's told to go to the Oracle. And Percy says that waiting for Annabeth was harder than actually visiting the Oracle himself. How do you think Annabeth felt every time you went to the Oracle? Yeah. Well, he did go a second time to, in the Sea of Monsters to, you know, see if it was his quest. He then, just went, so yeah. <laughs> he wasn't actually asked to. Yeah, and then in the last book, she came to everyone. He uh, basically decides to work out while she's getting the prophecy because he needs something to do with his hands. He needs something physical to do to distract him. His hands. So he and Quintus spar for a little bit and he gets to know Quintus a little bit better, gets to know, well, not really, because, <laughs> you know, doesn't really let anything, let anything you show. Know, he does of. notice a purple marking on mm-hmm. Quintus's neck, though, which is a burn in the shape of a bird. Yeah. Well, he thinks it's a bird. Yes. So then he... Uh, eventually gives up on that activity because it's not resting, it's not easing his mind enough, and he basically decides to screw the rules and just do an Adabeth and go over to the big house to see if he can find out what's going on. While when he gets to the big house, uh, he goes down to the basement, not really realising that there's a basement, and... Yeah, he goes down because he is sobbing. Quiet, quiet sobbing. So he goes down to see what's happening, and he finds Clarice and Chris Rodriguez down there. And Chris is in a terrible state of hyperventilation. And yeah, he's just, he's not in a good way mentally no. at all. He's just completely he's tortured. Calling Clarissa. Calling Clarice. Who? Mary. And just yeah. not really focusing on anything. Do we find out who Mary is? I don't know, I can't remember. Um, and he's talking about. Um, the ground it heals him there's so many skulls which mm. also is a bit of foreshadowing yeah which is fun it is fun yeah we love that Percy gets to hear that yeah and then we get Chris looking straight at Percy and saying the son of Poseidon and he's horrible but then oh. Percy goes I had the feeling that he was looking at me but not talking about me 
So yeah, there's that. And then he doesn't really do anything about that. He gets spooked by a, a noise and basically runs away before Clarice can see him spying on her because that's the last thing he needs is to be beat up by Clarice for yeah. that because she would take offense to that, obviously. Oh, big time. Yeah, he's seeing, seeing her soft side and that's not okay. No, only privileged people get to see mm-hmm. her soft side. She would pummel him for that, obviously. And then once he's gotten out of the basement, uh, Annabeth is out and she is able to tell everyone most of the prophecy. Everyone knows that she's skipping out on a line there. Joe, would you like to read the prophecy? You shall delve in the darkness of an endless maze, the deaf, the traitor, and the lost one raised. You shall rise or fall by the ghost king's hand, the child of Athena, for I will stand. And she doesn't say the rest of the, line, the rest of the prophecy. Yeah. So Does she not in your version? She says the second last line in mine. She says something. Though, she says, destroy with the hero's final breath. Oh, yeah. But then she leaves off the last line. I won't spoil it now because we'll get to that. But um, what rhymes with breath? <laughs> yeah, guys, people can figure it out. There's obviously a line missing, and Percy notes that and he goes, um, Where's the rest of it? And she's like, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't remember. <laughs> Which, <laughs> yeah, Annabeth, who commits everything to memory always. <laughs> Is just funny. They're like, that's not sus, <laughs> Yes. And then she picks who she wants to come on the quest with her. Percy, Tyson, and Grover. And can we just point out that Percy, after ranting about how he never wants to go back in there, nobody should ever go in there, as soon as Annabeth asks him. No without hesitation. hesitation, he was like, of course I'm in. Yes, I'm going. <laughs> he was like, no way am I fucking leaving you behind. Yeah. No way are you leaving me behind. No way are we being separated. No. What's that thing that's like... It's like a similar situation someone's talking about something and then someone goes but not me right and they go oh no no you hear that tiktok maybe that's really funny so there'll be no more bullying or anything around the school one minute of course not you you can run (laughs) (laughs) you can run very quickly (laughs) maybe that is what i'm thinking of (laughs) if i find that tiktok i'll put it on the instagram oh so funny anyway so that's really cute and so after that, Annabeth goes off to prepare mentally and, you know, physically, like, go and pack and prepare. And Percy goes off to do the same. Yes, but after she picks who she wants to be on the quest with her... Says, I get it wrong. Yeah, Chiron warns her and says, um, you know what happened last time? We took more than three. There's a reason three is a sacred number. We have three fates. We have three... Big gods. <laughs> We have the big three. Yeah. yeah. Three fates, three furies, three Olympian sons of Kronos. It's a strong number that stands against many dangers. Four, it's risky. And she's like, and I'll take that bet. <laughs> <laughs> and she wins. She comes back with two extra people. Yeah. She comes back with Rachel and Nico, so she's like, winning. <laughs> <laughs> she's like, four? Oh, six. It's two quests, right? <laughs> she's just too good. Can we, just, can we just take chumps on that, though? Which is that Zoe couldn't keep together five people, and here Annabeth was taking on extra people halfway through her quest and was like, alright, I'll keep you alive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. She's so good. They do lose Tyson and Grover at one point, though. That's why they get Rachel Joe. lose them, but sure. <laughs> well, part ways. So then, yeah, as the council's breaking up, Quintus pulls... <laughs> I was about to say Harry aside. <laughs> no, Percy aside. Quintus pulls Percy aside to give him a dog bristle made of Stygian ice. Quintus doesn't, I mean, Percy doesn't know whether to trust Quintus or not and kind of just 
keeps the whistle but goes, I'm not going to use going, this. Um, been tricked before by yeah. Luke, so was mm-hmm. someone who was nice to me and seems sincere. Mm-hmm. So, yes, I love that dang. his mistrust of Quintus reminds him of his ex-crush, yeah. who did the same thing. Does that mean he's got daddy issues with Quintus right now? I got all these daddy issues, what can I do? So Kate's sing-along means yes. <laughs> so after he gets his little whistle from Quintus, he goes around to the Athena cabin to check on Annabeth and just make sure that she's got everything that she needs. And this is where grabby hands come from, yeah. guys. <laughs> yes, I forgot we said that. Uh, he realises that he's never actually been inside the Athena cabin and is not pleasantly surprised, but is he's, also, he's like unsurprised at what he sees. He walks in and he's like, the beds are all pushed to the corner like they're the least bit of everyone's worries and all the work benches yeah there's work benches papers. everywhere there's bookcases everywhere against every wall like every available study space is like taken up with oh my god can you tell me that we study <laughs> and see and they're ADHD so how the fuck do they sleep when they be just distracted 24-7 <laughs> the most chaotic space like yeah. ever and you know that it's like hoarder space too like, oh yeah but everything has a place hoarder space kind of like oh, yeah. my room yeah it's a mess, but it's an organised mess. Yeah. So, yes, and Annabeth is, like, fretting, trying to do last-minute cramming. <laughs> Bitch, that doesn't work. <laughs> last-minute cramming for her quest, trying to figure out everything that she can about the labyrinth, but it's impossible to know everything about it because mm-hmm. it is the world's worst structure <laughs> to try and study. Yeah. And basically gets overwhelmed and then just doesn't say anything to Percy, just holds out her arms, and Percy's like felt so natural to accept her hug and I knew she needed it in that moment and I was like I need to shut this book and I need to put it down because I cannot handle the unrequited see that's grabby oh. hands when you just put your hands and you Rabbi just like hands. grab your hands yes. together in like a squeezing motion. Annabeth is Sebastian Stan in the Monday movie oh my god just putting her arms out just she's like <laughs> just give me a hug but she's also Judy Hopps <laughs> in Zootopia when you know yeah. she's like <laughs> coming back to Nick and he's like, come on, you know you want to give me a hug. And she's like, just presses the top of her head against his chest. And I'm like, this is the thing I'm a fucking queen. Yo, this is so adorable. Yes, love it so much. So cute. I literally can't. They're so adorable. This is my second favourite. <laughs> my favourite is still them awkwardly dancing <laughs> in the last book. It was so adorable. Who am I going to ask to dance? Me, you idiot! <laughs> I'm like, ah. Oh. So cute. And then this one where she's like, hug me. And he's like, <laughs> yes, I will. But it's not even a question, it's just, I need a hug. Yeah. No, she literally doesn't have to say anything. Neither of them have to say anything. And then once he's hugging her, holding her tight, she's like, yes. I'm really worried. I love how every reaction from him to anything that she does in this book, or anything that she asks, anything that she proposes, he is no hesitation. 100% just, in. He's all in. He's like, yes, I'm with you. Why are you even asking me? Let's just do this. Let's go. And I'm like, no matter what spice Aphrodite throws in there, nothing can distract you him from his one true purpose. break up that bond. It's <gasps> just too strong. <laughs> it's so good. So fucking good. It's natural. It's beautiful hug. We love it so much. Oh, Malcolm. I, I can talk about this hug like, block, Seriously. And they, like, spring apart. Can I just say <laughs> so much. Malcolm's like, Sorry guys, <laughs> I feel like I'm having a moment. They're just standing there hugging and they're having a conversation while they're hugging. And yeah. the conversation lasts for at least two minutes. So yeah. two minutes straight, they're just hugging. And yeah. I'm like, that's so cute. And then yeah, Malcolm comes in. He walks in Malcolm half is like, like best brother. <laughs> he walks in half like George does in 
Uh, <laughs> he just kind of watches them together, but he's also like sneaking, but also like wants to see what the fuck's going on. Yeah, I think. Well, I think the initial. But also thing, trying not to intrude. I love the, it. The initial. I think the initial thing is he was just walking into his cabin. <laughs> like, he was just coming into yeah. his cabin. All of a sudden, he walks in on this, and he's like, "Oh!" Yeah. And then yes, they'll spring apart. We were looking at bats. <laughs> Battle strategy. We're just gonna hug them until they <laughs> until they explode. I love that though. Is that Percy and his panic was like we were doing? We were just looking at maps. That's all, that's all we were doing. Yeah. And then Malcolm ends up leaving, and Percy has to. He has to ask. He can't let it go about Adabeth's prophecy. He says, Adabeth, about your prophecy, the line about a hero's last breath. And then she says, you're wondering which hero? I don't know. He says, no, no, something else. I was thinking the last line usually rhymes with the one before it. Was it something about ending the word death? And then she just says, you better get ready, Percy. You better go. Get ready for the quest. And I'm like, oh, I can't handle the angst. I can't handle the tension. I can't handle the sadness and the absolute, because, like, everything. Adabeth knows the great prophecy. She knows. And so she knows what it means to be in love with someone who is, you know, fated to be that person for that. And she knows that that person for the great prophecy probably not going to survive that. So she's trying to hold in the just overwhelming feelings that she has for this person who she thinks is going to die. And she's like, can't bear for it to be any earlier when it could be in this prophecy as well that she's like, I just can't do it. I can't do it. And that's the end of chapter four. (laughs) (laughs) Now, with all that angst, we end the chapter. Yeah, we move straight into chapter five and we get another little dream sequence slash Iris message. Chapter five, Nico buys Happy Meals for the dead. So, first of all, we get Percy dreaming about his actual one true love, Luke Stellan. No, not one true love. Joe looks absolutely mortified at that statement. (laughs) She is good for hands. Oh, man. Then he, yeah, gets to see another vision of Nico in his fountain as Nico raises Theseus to ask about Bianca and also the labyrinth. And then the quest group descends into the labyrinth forever. Not after Tyson <laughs> throws Percy under the bus, which I love it so much. <laughs> but we'll get there when we get there. So, chapter five, how do we feel? Oh, yeah, it's all right. It's, it's a lot of background info. It's not, not nearly as good as yeah. chapter four. <laughs> it's, a lot of, it's a lot of background info for so early. Like, it's a lot. We're having getting a lot of dream sequences and a lot yeah. of, like, outside like perspective <laughs> yeah, by chapter five. Like, this is, this is where it's, you know that we're getting to the end of the series when it's like, we need to know what everyone is doing at all times, always. Yeah. He's <laughs> like, like, every step is important. Yeah. It's not the fun little road trip comedy series you no, thought it was going to be when you were the lightning thief. Yes, it's now the, oh, you're the chosen one. We know you didn't want to be, well, but Well, they're no longer 12 now, they're 15, and so he's like... <laughs> But yes. I bet you Annabeth's 15. I don't know. Grove's definitely on. <laughs> I was going to say, Grove's 36. Tyson's like four. I <laughs> thought. <laughs> yeah. But like averages like out, you know? <laughs> anyway. So yeah. How old is Clarice? <laughs> Clarissa. She's... she older than this? Yes. Yeah. year older? I thought she was like 17. She's two years older than them. Right. Here she is picking fights with a little boy. <laughs> Luke is 22 at this point. <laughs> He's fighting with a 14-year-old. I love it so much. Guy, get a hobby. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, 
our vision of Luke. He's talking to Kronos, and Kelly interrupts. So it's the first time that we've seen Kelly Kelly's not dead. Back. So yeah, we have oh, that. We were told going Kelly for us. wasn't dead by Chiron. Was like she's not dead, and he was like, Damn. yeah. But she committed suicide, and he was like, no, monsters don't do that. And then, what is he talking to Kronos about? Hmm. Oh, just about uh, the final form that Kronos will take. How he needs one more soul to reform. Yes. One more heart to join his alliance. And how he knows that his spies have just informed him that people are going on a quest into Mm -hmm. the labyrinth. Mm-hmm. And, and then, then Kelly comes in and ruins it. Well, no, then Luke says uh, that perhaps it's too soon to send anything happening because he obviously knows how old uh, Percy is. So Kronos is saying that he'll lead the Vanguard through the labyrinth himself, but Luke thinks it's too soon that uh, the final form's not strong enough, and he thinks that perhaps Creos or Hyperion should lead the army through to Camp Half Blood. And Kronos basically says, No, that's not happening. Once one more soul joins, joins us, then I'll be fully formed and ready to go. So find me another bitch, basically is what he's saying. But I just thought we should have some information about Creos and Hyperion. They are two of the titans who helped Kronos kill Uranus. So uh, Creos is the one of four titans who basically held down the four corners of the sky so that they could trap Uranus because he was the god of the he was a titan of the sky. So that. Kronos could cut his pee-pee off and then cut him up and whatever else. So, Krios, uh, he was the southern pillar, so he held down the southern end of the sky and there isn't actually, he's the least known, uh, like, there's, he, the, he has the least known about him of all the Titans, but um, he's one of the most recognisable is the difference. So basically he has like the head of a ram kind of in the way that Loki's got those two big like antler things in his headdress. He yeah is known as the ram so in constellations he is related to the constellation Aries. There's other things about Krios. So Krios because he's the southern pillar springtime rises in the south and it marks the start of each Greek year. And he's also the god of constellations, which is why the constellation Aries is related to him and why he has those ram uh, heads and whatever else. Um, But yeah, his eldest son is the god of the stars and his wife is daughter of the sea. So he's descended also from a sea titan, Perseus, not Perseus, but Perseus, who is the titan god of destruction and peace. And he's the grandfather, Krios is the grandfather of Hecate. I know there's too many names and you're, like, overwhelmed. You've lost me. I totally yeah. don't know what you're talking about. He's the titan god of um, heavily const- constellations and is in charge of the order of the measures of the year. So, like, how long seasons last and, like, that kind of thing because he's the god of changing that kind of time. So, yeah, he's the least uh, individualised and the least known about but the most recognisable because of his image. Whereas Hyperion is probably the most known about. Like, they know the most about him. Because he is the god, titan god of uh, heavenly light, and he, his three children are like really famous. So you've got Eos, who is the dawn, then you've got Helios, who's the sun, and um, Selene, who is the moon. And his wife is his sister, and one of his other consorts is also his sister, who were, you know, titans as well. And his name means watcher from above in Greek, and he's said to be, the reason it's watcher from above is because he's said to be 
the first to understand the cycles of the sun, the stars, and the moon, and the dawn, and to have ordered them in that, you know, the way that they cycle through the day so that everything is best laid out and so that you get the best, like, crop growing and whatever else. Mm -hmm. That was, like, his job. He's also said to be, like, breathtakingly beautiful, but, you know. (laughs) So, yeah. He, compared to the other three who help hold down the pillars oh he's the eastern um, pillar too so his they have like colors like assigned to them or like coordinated <laughs> with them so hyperion <coughs> hyperion's like the gold one whereas uh iapetus who we meet later in the series is silver Silver. yeah and then creos and uh Coos are black <laughs> they get black that's all they get so yeah and once uh, Kronos was defeated in the original Titan War, Hyperion was the leader of the Titan army after that. So that's why Luke is suggesting Hyperion be maybe the leader here if Kronos isn't strong enough, which is fun. But then he was eventually, in the original Titan War, was eventually beaten by Poseidon and cast into Tartarus. So that's super fun. He was also credited with giving um, mankind the gift of sight. So, so yeah, that's what we get to know about uh, Hyperion. I also had a note here that uh, while he's talking, while Luke is talking to Kronos or to Kelly, in the conversation with Kronos, uh, he says, you wanted power, I gave you that. You are now beyond harm. Soon you will rule the world of gods and mortals. Do you wish to, do you not wish to avenge yourself to see Olympus destroyed? And I just went, is he already invulnerable, Luke, at this point? He must be. Because I thought he bathed in the sticks in the next book, like Percy does. No, because he has to bathe before he gets... Mm. Otherwise he would have been destroyed. Right. Yeah. Because then that makes sense as to why he's not falling for any of what Kelly's saying in the next bit, where she's going, you used to be so much fun to hang around, and then Luke basically goes, you mean nothing to me. <laughs> I love it so much. He's like, ew, get away. Yeah. And she's like, you used to be fun. Like, now you don't even, like, smile or whatever. You don't even want to back massage anymore. <laughs> and he's like, unless you have something to report, leave. <laughs> And I just love that energy from him. <laughs> just, just fun. So yeah, I just had to, like, I couldn't remember. So I just had to make a note of like, is he already invulnerable here? Like, is he already got iron skin and all that? Because that would, did he have that in the last book? Because that would make sense as to why he didn't die falling off the cliff. No, I don't think he had it in the last book. I think that's what he was telling Annabeth about, is that he's going to make me swim in the river. Like, I'm going to die in the river. And then, even if I survive, I'm going to be fused with him. Help me get me out of this. And she was like, oh, my God. Oh, you mean up on um, Atlas's mountain? Yeah, when they were right, okay. Themselves. I they thought you meant, like, when he visits her in the next book. No, no. When I was like, well, themselves. that's after this. When they were by themselves, that's what he said to her to convince You reckon? Her. I think so, yeah. Mm. He was, like, guilt-tripping her, like, I'm going to die. And she was like, you deserve it. (laughs) (laughs) Never a death more deserved (laughs) than Luke. Yeah, people are like, oh, my God, Sam Luke. And I'm like, no, he's a dickhead. Yeah. And then, well... Like, yes, his motives were in the right spot, but (coughs) you don't start a war. No. Wars are dumb. They are dumb. They are so dumb. Wars are so stupid. Yeah. And then... Just towards the end of the dream, Kelly notes that they're not alone and that she says, Luke, your senses are getting dull. Like, you should really realise that we're being watched. And then she turns to face Percy straight away, bears her fangs at him, and he's like, fuck, out of here! And I wondered if maybe 
Kelly's able to see Percy through this and get into his dream magic because it's a kind of magic and she's close with Hecate, like they're sort of within the same realm, whether maybe, that's part of... Maybe it's Hecate who's... No, I was going to say, maybe it's Hecate who's like guiding him, but no, all demigods just wander in their dreams magically. Yeah. And that's also like a Morpheus thing. Yeah, I just couldn't remember his name. Yeah. Yeah, is that the end of that chapter? No, not even close. So, basically, Percy wakes in a start and is like, oh, fuck, and then goes up to the spring in his room. Well, he notices and, the spring once again is calling. Yeah, it's basically calling out to him, and I just get very, like, show me Lucinda vibes from Ella and Jen yeah. <laughs> from the book, which is really fun. So, yeah, he sees uh, Nico, and Nico is by the banks of the River Styx, and he realises that the person that Nico's talking to is a ghost because he can kind of see him and then Nico's digging this big trench asking is it deep enough like all of this stuff and Percy's basically like what the fuck is going on and then Nico starts like throwing Happy Meals into it and chanting and he's like oh he's gone full psycho (laughs) Percy's like okay so he's like really crazy like unhinged crazy and then Turns out, yes, because he's raising Theseus from the dead to he's speak to his raising ghost. multiple people from the dead, probably ghosts from the dead, to talk to them. And yeah. Percy's like, oh, Jesus. Yeah, to talk to Theseus. <laughs> and uh, mostly he wants to talk to Theseus to know if he needs to navigate the labyrinth, if that will help him find Bianca, if that will help him find a soul to trade for Bianca's, like, well, not trade for Bianca's, but to, like, at least get in contact with her, that kind of thing. Theseus doesn't really give that much information because he's mostly focused on the ghost, because yeah. he's like, I know that voice. He's Why like, do I know that voice? What is that voice? And Minos is like, ah! I'm sorry, the ghost is like, ah! <laughs> you don't know me! <laughs> um, and then, so that's basically, yeah, he's... Minos is trying to get Theseus to go away, because he's like, go away! What am I fucking cover? Whereas Nico's like, shut the fuck up, I want to know all this information. You're like, nobody's answering right my now. questions. Yeah, and Percy's just heat in the dark because he's like, I have no idea what's going on. Yeah, and then everything starts to shake as the ghosts become restless because yeah. a force has sensed them. Well, Percy also notes like when Theseus comes up out of the grave, he's like, that cannot be this huge hero yeah. that everyone's making out to be. This guy's like a scrawny little like, this Hercules guy- before he gets... His montage. Yeah, but before he gets, Hercules before he gets jacked, he's like, he looks kind of like me. Yeah. He's like, no. he's like, self-insert? <laughs> <laughs> but he's like, he looks like me, like, you know, a 15-year-old boy. He's like, how is he the killer of the Minotaur? And it's like, dude, you killed the Minotaur at 12. <laughs> that thing doesn't seem that difficult to yeah. beat. <laughs> so the only information that he really gives Nico is that the labyrinth is treacherous and there's only one thing that saw me through and it's the love of a mortal girl. The string was only part of the answer. It was the princess who guided me, mm. which is a nice little drop of some information for yeah. our next few it's like, rest Percy, of this book. Percy, that's new it's string. Like, pay attention. <laughs> Percy, that's, that's a key, key statement. <laughs> so yes. And then Nico asks, a soul for a soul, is it true? And Theseus says, Yes. Yeah, so then the ground starts to shake because uh, someone senses us summoning souls. And then Percy feels he was shaking in the cabin and so he gets stressed out and he's like, basically, just destroy the fountain. Cleaves it in two with his sword and then Tyson finds him distraught and like shaking like that the next morning. He's like, which means attacked the fountain and I don't know why. Which means that he just sat there all night in a wreck. And it's like, oh, Percy. In, like, shock and, like, yeah. yeah, this poor boy. No one talks about his internal trauma enough. His PTSD. Oh, poor baby. 
Yeah. He's just a worried little boy. Oh my goodness. He's just a young boy. Mm, is that the end of the chapter? No, at dawn they all go to meet the. I was going uh, to say, and Tyson's opening line is, Percy he killed that fountain? Yeah, he, he killed the water fountain last night. Good job, buddy. And, yeah. on the back. and Annabeth's like, what? Why? <laughs> and she's like, do you know how much maintenance? Maybe it's <laughs> <for> plumbing? <laughs> I was thinking more concerned, but sure, that's funny too. <laughs> concerned for Percy? No. But yes, but she's disguised as <laughs> concerned for the cabinet. Oh, are you okay? Looking at the cabinet. He ruined the architecture, Joe, so she's concerned no, about that. No, she too. says, You okay? But she's looking at the cabinet and she says, Are you okay? Yeah. So, as they're getting ready to go, so they're all gathered in the morning, getting ready to go down into the labyrinth. Mm-hmm. And Percy goes, Hey, Kyron, can I have a quick word to the side? Takes him aside. And what do they chat about, Kate? Well, Percy just tells him about his dream with Luke, and he's like, look, this is what's happening with Luke and Kronos, and Chiron basically goes, yeah, I figured that this would be Kronos' next move, like, I kind of figured that as soon as Luke, you know, became, like, the leader of this rebellion kind of thing. Chiron basically says, I wonder if uh, Luke and Kronos are trying to make a deal with uh, Daedalus, especially if he's still alive, if he hasn't been driven insane by the labyrinth. Um, Kronos can find ways to twist anyone to his will. So he's basically saying, look, I know how dangerous Daedalus is because he's this massive, crazy massive, intelligent inventor. There is no way that he hasn't been driven insane by the labyrinth that he barely escaped the first time he made it. Mm. Like, he barely escaped when he put the Minotaur in there. So I'm thinking that he's been, if he's still alive, he's definitely been driven bad by now and a cracked mind is easiest to infiltrate in terms of Kronos trying to manipulate and take control, oh, yeah. hence why Luke is his leading guy. <laughs> yeah. He's another broken white boy. Yeah. <laughs> Kronos is like, another broken white boy for us to fix. Oh, yeah, another broken white boy for us to fix. That's from the Avengers. <laughs> Which is, serious. yeah. Yeah, and then, and then he tops it off with saying, Juniper told me, don't trust Squidward. <laughs> but he also tells Chiron that um, there are spies at camp because Luke knows that they have a quest. Yeah. And it's just the spies plural that gets me because we know one of them, which we won't say for the next book, but... Yeah. But I don't know who the others are. Yeah, there are multiple. Yeah. But we also get more kids defecting in the next book to Chronos Sami, so, you know, there's that much at least. Most of them are coming from Kevin yeah, and then uh, Chiron basically says, look, the reason that they might be trying to find Daedalus is because they want Daedalus to make Kronos a new form. Yeah. So Percy's like, oh, fuck, another thing to worry about. Yeah. <laughs> like, Off into the maze! Yeah. <laughs> he's like, nothing to worry about. Okay, bye. <laughs> and they all descend into the maze, into the dark, and uh, their hands, uh, they hold hands as they're walking through the dark, basically. Cute ass. Yeah, they form a line like preschoolers. You know, and when when they go through an art gallery, they have to hold hands to make sure nobody loses the connection to the train. (laughs) Yes, and that's basically the end of chapter five. So we get into chapter six. We meet the god with two faces. So as soon as they're in the maze, uh, it 
just immediately starts to confuse oh, yeah. me. So everything that Annabeth says, we're going to hold the left wall, we're going to be fine. It just as soon as she says everything. everything. She's, as soon as she says the theories out loud, the maze is like... The maze is like, ha okay. no, I know you better. <laughs> the maze is like, so, okay. Yeah, it basically fucks everything for them. They walk through mud, they walk through cement. At one point, the roof gets so low that they, like, cannot... <laughs> like, Tyson has to, like, crawl and he, like, almost doesn't make it. There's, like, mosaic tiles on the wall of, like, centuries ago. There's, like, you know, more modern graffiti. Like, every time Percy thinks that he's figured out where they are or like where yeah, they could be timeline wise the maze is like <laughs> you thought <laughs> yep which is the point of the maze yeah and then Annabeth is getting more and more like distraught as they go by because she's like look I thought I knew what I was doing but now I'm as clueless as everyone else and I'm not used to that I'm used to knowing everything yeah. and being the one everyone relies on for information this so is this a is real like, nightmare yeah this is the biggest test of her person and it's just a very good foil to her personality and her whole entire being. It's just great. It's a very good plot point for yeah. this book and a very good way to... Just watching her slowly crumble where she has to... Oh, you can immediately see why this maze drives people insane. Like, immediately. Yeah. And for Annabeth, it's, like, way worse. And so then when they <laughs> run into Janus, who is the god of doorways and of two faces, and he's basically trying to make her make a decision about which way to turn, it almost breaks her. Like, so quickly into the book it almost breaks her. But before it can, Hera arrives. Yeah, so Hera literally is like, you can't know, that's way too early to break. Yeah. So, like, they've been in the maze for 30 minutes. So, <laughs> or it feels like. Yeah. And so, yeah, and then Janus comes along. Janus comes along. Janus. <laughs> I know, I always read it. Janus Ian. I always read it as Don't even go here. <laughs> she doesn't even go here. I always read it as Janus. It maybe is Janus. I just <laughs> anyway, yeah, and Hera arrives, and the first time you meet Hera, you go, "Oh, she's not that bad," and then after that, you go, oh, "You're a fucking psycho." Um, <laughs> after that, you're like, "I hate you with yeah. a fire of a thousand suns." So, if we want to learn some things about uh, Janus, he's not actually a Greek god. No, he's, he's a Roman god. So this is the first, and then there's no Greek counterpart for him whatsoever. He's the god of beginnings and transitions. I mean, they are in a Roman, like this is true cathedral. This, yeah, it's very true. Um, so he's the god of he's the god of beginnings and transitions, both in literal and abstract ways. He's responsible for like motion, changes, and time in Roman mythology, and he presides over passages, doors, gates, and endings, as well as in transitional periods such as from war to peace. Like he really thrives, and so he was a very, very prominent god. Even though he's a minor god, very prominent in Roman mythology, he was always the first god that you would like pray to and like thank for like safe passage through things or like ways to get through hardships or that kind of thing. Like he was very very popular, very strong. Okay. Yeah. And so, because he was present in the beginning of the world, uh, guarding the gates of heaven, and he presided over the creation of religion, life, and even the gods, apparently. That's why he's, like, he a, a huge god, deal. <laughs> he was, um, yeah, considered the most important, and his name was always first to be mentioned in prayers. Especially, uh, like, regardless of what god um, the worshipper was originally praying to. He was just, because he is the one who grants that transition to praying to that god, basically. Mm. Yeah. So he's like, go through me! <laughs> he's like, this is your top. Yeah. He has two faces facing opposite ways, obviously, to, you know, 
embody that dichotomy kind of thing. I always pictured, pictured him on the head, on the body of a gigantic lion. I don't know why. I don't know why either. Yeah. Like, um, he had human faces that face in opposite directions, but his body is a lion. It just, that's always how I pictured him. Mm. I don't know why. Well, the reason, like you said, why is he Roman? The reason that um, worship traditionally dated back to uh, worship of him, dated back to Rome, is because there were many uh, ceremonial gateways in Rome that were called Jani or, or Jani kind of thing, um, and they were freestanding structures that were symbolically supposed to be entrances or exits, but they were just like doorways to nowhere kind of thing, and it was like, well, which way are you going to go through it or not go through it? So it was kind of a, you know dealer's choice kind of situation and that's where he first comes around that's why his name is Janus and you know that kind of thing so he represents the middle ground between both concrete and abstract dualities yeah Yeah. and so he yeah he like represents the middle ground between life and death beginning and end youth and adulthood royal rural and urban war and peace he's a teenager yeah (laughs) (laughs) Um, like barbarism and civilization like all of that and he's the initiator of human life and transformations of stages of life and shifts between historical eras like all of that transitional stuff he's like I'm in my fucking element (laughs) kind of thing so yeah he's yeah and he is where we get the month January from so because January is the first month of the new year that's their transition into the new year January comes from Janus yeah so that's really fun because the our calendar is based on Roman calendars. Yeah. Yeah, which is really, really fun. And basically he appears and kind of taunts Annabeth and is like, go forward, go back, go left, go right. You have to choose, 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 choose. And she's like, huh? What? And stop making me choose. I don't like it. She's stressed. Really, they should be asking Percy. Percy would be like, choose what? Annabeth or Rachel. And I wonder, when they say that to her, are they showing things in her head, like, being like, which we could choose this story or this story? Yeah. And then Hera appears and basically tells Janus to leave Annabeth alone because it's not time for her to make a choice yet. So Annabeth's like, fuck, I still have to fucking... And is that choice the, the final choice? I think, think so. Yeah. I think so. He does appear later in this book, though, so... Mm. That could also be construed as that. Um, but yeah, so she uh, appears and... Percy has no idea who she is, and then she says, I'm Hera, queen of heaven. And he's like, oh, yeah. Yeah, so Hera is the Olympian queen of the gods, and she was the queen of gods before she was married to Zeus, too, so that's that's just, like, her job. Like, Uh, yeah. And it's because her name means uh, lady or mistress, and that's why she has the title of the queen, because she's the lady of the court, basically. uh, Yeah. Uh, she's the goddess of marriage, women, the sky, and the stars of heaven. And she's usually depicted as a beautiful woman, woman wearing a crown and ho- holding a lotus-tipped scepter. But her beauty is very overplayed by her face because she's just always scowling because she's always mad, basically. Well, does it actually say that? That's so funny! Yeah. She it's is... the reason that she wasn't picked by Paris for the Golden Apple, which started the Trojan War. Like, one of the reasons. Not that she gave him a bad choice of, like, gave him a bad bribe, but partly because she's not the most beautiful because she's forever marred by her jealousy and her... I mean, it's warranted jealousy. I mean, not really, because Zeus is a dick, but, you know. You're like, why would you marry him, you dickhead? I'll get to that. Yeah. So, uh, she was a very ancient goddess, and she predates Zeus, obviously, because he's the youngest, and also technically the oldest, but he's actually the youngest. He's the youngest. Yeah. (laughs) 
he's <laughs> the fucking screaming toddler of all of them. And was like, I want to be king! Yeah, and her Roman counterpart is Juno, obviously, um, and it's her name gives meaning to the month of June, and there's a reason that June is the most popular time for weddings, and that's why she's a goddess of marriage. Oh. I think it's the most popular time for weddings because it's for the most part, most of the world for June, that's summer. Whereas, because most of the most of the world exists exists above the equator, not below. Yeah. And so, as yeah. June's winter for us. <laughs> yeah, not really a popular time for no, weddings. It's too chilly for that. Yeah. So, I mean, that, we yeah. We have like April weddings, don't we? Yeah. So, yeah, she was the youngest of uh, Cronus's, Cronus and Rhea's three daughters, um, but still the oldest before all the boys. And then before her marriage with Zeus was ruled, she ruled over as the queen of heaven. But then she didn't actually want to marry Zeus. He tricked her into marriage. So he did his classic, I'm going to transform into an animal thing. Oh, you did. <laughs> he, knowing full well that she loved animals, he transformed himself into a distressed cuckoo bird. <laughs> Why her though? If she's constantly scaling. Uh, no, 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 this was before then. She, The reason oh. that she scales is because of him. So oh. she was quite beautiful before then. And, you know, apparently better than Demeter and Hestia. Because they were the only ones around at that point. Oh, lucky Demeter and Hestia. Yeah, <laughs> literally. So, um... Yeah, don't, no, don't do anything to Hestia. God, she's precious. He transformed, transformed into this distressed bird and only reverted to his original form when she took the bird to her breast and started breastfeeding it. So then when he returned... <laughs> she was like so ashamed to have this giant man baby on her boob that she was like okay well if you don't tell anyone about how this happened i'll marry you and he was like success my god (laughs) he's he's a fucking dick yeah so yeah she was ashamed of being taken advantage of but then to make sure that her brain she was like, oh, a cuckoo bird, let me just breastfeed it. What? Well, she thought it was without a mum. She's fucking stupid. Yeah, she is. <laughs> so she agreed to the marriage, you know, out of shame, basically. And then, but then it didn't turn out to be a happy one because we all know Zeus, how he yeah. likes to fuck around. And no, yeah, doesn't... once he started getting with everybody else, <laughs> because she's the goddess of marriage, couldn't leave her own marriage because that would just ruin the sanctity yeah. even though he's ruining the sanctity of marriage but yeah that would ruin the image and then it would hold no power so then she would hold no power so she couldn't she can't exactly leave yeah. what she's in and so when she eventually got to a point where him being with all these other women was really getting to her she drugged Zeus and bound him on his bed and stole his thunderbolt but then another goddess uh no, one of his girlfriends summoned Braries and they managed to untie Zeus and he became basically Hera's like tormentor mm. and yeah, he hung her from the sky with golden chains and attached really heavy anvils to her feet so that she couldn't like escape and... Oh my god! Yeah, and in some myths uh, Hephaestus tried to release her from her humiliating position and then this is the reason that his leg is like he's deformed and broken, whatever, because Zeus for betraying him and up going after Hera instead he threw to Hephaestus off Olympus. That's that like one of the versions of that myth. Oh. The other version is that just she thought he was ugly. Damn it. Yeah. You're and so right, then to I'm starting to be like more sympathetic towards her. Yeah. To grant herself release from this basically torture imprisonment, she swore to never rebel against Zeus again. 
So he's fully controlling her at this point, and so instead she directed all of her anger towards his lovers and their offspring, and this is why she's malicious and mean and no longer re- recognised as beautiful because she's just jealous and vindictive, vindictive. Because she's trapped. Yes. Oh my god. The look on your face, you're like annoyed and also sympathetic, and I love that for you because I'm this like is the journey that I went on. Heartbroken and so angry. Yeah. And There's so a reason she's a bitch. I'm so frustrated. She's still chosen to be a bitch, but it's out of her hands the reason that she's a chosen to be a bitch. So like it's a choice without a choice. She's in this marriage without a choice. She's yeah. And her only release is taking it out on the people that her husband like, she still shouldn't be doing that. She shouldn't be no. taking it. But, like, I fully understand why she's It's doing her only it rebellion. Because she can't rebel against him because he's in the worst case of domestic abuser. Oh, the my God. Seen. Damn it. <laughs> yeah. Fuck you, Zeus. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, I can't remember if I, I said on the podcast it. before your recording that you would feel bad for Hera or if I said that earlier today. But, yeah. You did tell me that, but yeah. I didn't. I was like, bring it on. We were ready uh, to be in the hate Hera squad for eons, and now we're like, oh, fuck. I was ready to bag on Hera all the time, and now yeah. I'm like, I Annabeth. still will. No, I still, yeah. I'm like, Annabeth, you know her story? And she's like, yeah, there's no reason for her to be. She's like, and it's like, I've been through shit too, and I'm not murdering children. Yes. And I'd be like, <laughs> <laughs> I'd be like, okay. Like, okay, I'm still, yeah, I still don't like Hera, but I can, I understand. Oh, no, Hera. she's still as, she's, yeah, she's terrible. No. <laughs> like, especially if we get to Heroes of Olympus, there's no reason for her to be that bitch. I feel like there's different ways she could rebel. Like, there isn't just, I'm sure, I, she's probably just not being creative enough. It's like, dude. <laughs> I'd argue that she's plenty creative. <laughs> No, but as in, like, her only thought, uh, she, that she thinks the only way to rebel is to go after his kids and be like, I'm sure there's plenty, like, you're probably just like, <laughs> you can see what Nick did to Schmidt, when he just, like, was constantly making you feel like an old man. <laughs> <laughs> That's a fantastic episode of <laughs> New so Where he makes his pants long. <laughs> <laughs> Takes out the cushions in the chair. Oh, shaves down the chair legs. I love it. Oh, so <laughs> Fucking love Turns it. down the volume on the TV. <laughs> <laughs> Did you hear that? Yeah. <laughs> I love it. But like she can do that kind of shit just to mess with him. 24-7. Yeah. It's hilarious. Yeah, it is. <laughs> like I'm she... just imagining Hera as Nick and I don't think I like that. <laughs> but Schmidt as Zeus, yes. <laughs> Oh, uh, just being like completely dumb all the time. Uh, you know that Zeus is oh, the kind don't. of you know that Zeus is the kind of person to just mispronounce words because he can. You <laughs> know, really any time for Chutney. He's that bitch. Except we don't we don't love him as much as we love Schmidt. God Absolutely. no, we don't love Zeus at all. No, Zeus can get fucked. Yes, he's had zero struggles in his life. <laughs> Fuck you, man. <laughs> Privileged white guy. I was almost eaten by my dad. Okay, shut up. The rest of us actually were. <laughs> I was almost eaten by my dad, and then when I wasn't, I was pampered. <laughs> I was raised without a father. Oh my god. Oh my god. We were eaten by ours. Yeah. <laughs> um, I was raised as you as a father. <laughs> Literally. Literally. So yeah, they have a... If we're getting back to the actual story, Hera gives them tea and sandwiches, or lemonade and sandwiches, and... They have a little conversation about why Hera hates heroes, why, well, anime is basically asking, why would you try to help me? Like, you don't 
want anything to do with heroes, you think we're a waste of time. And she's like, no, not you, just Zeus's heroes. Doesn't count. Yeah. But she's basically there to warn them about what's happening with the minor gods and why Dionysus isn't at camp because he's gone to check on all the minor gods because last time there was a Titan War, half of them sided with Kronos and they don't want that to happen again. Mm. So basically Hera's filling them in on that kind of thing and why they need to be more... Or Percy hears it as, you need to be more hands-on with every other kid who's especially the unclaimed kids. Like, Mm. you need to be very... You're helpful for us and you're... You're validated. Yeah, literally. Like, we... We want you here. Like, they don't care about you. We do kind of situation kind of thing. So Yeah. Be like, we're a family. You don't need them. Yeah. Still, like, accepting and loving of them, no matter who their parents are kind of thing. Like, you don't need to know who your parent is to be a valid human being kind of thing. Mm. So, Hera's giving some, like, good information. Be like, your parents don't define you. Yes, literally. And then Annabeth asks for a way to navigate the labyrinth, and Hera basically says, Percy knows the answer. Hint, hint, it's Rachel. But yeah, I'm sorry. But <laughs> hint, hint, it's because, Rachel. Because you won't find that out till next episode. So you didn't hear what I said. Per- Adriana was the princess who got them through the maze. Okay, yes. you need a person um, who can see really well. Yeah. And who's... <laughs> 2020 vision! <laughs> and who's just recently been introduced to the book series. Rachel. <laughs> <laughs> Boom, it's Rachel. Yeah, so... And Percy's like, what? Hera is cryptic enough, cryptic enough, because Percy is like... I, I do. I know the answer. And then it's like, this isn't fair. You're not actually telling us. She's like, this idiot. <laughs> I have to touch this fucker. I'm like, like, I'm supposed to rely on this ticket. Yeah, she literally. Says. And Hera's like, yeah, pretty much. Bye. <laughs> yeah, and basically just fucks off. And then as, like, Tyson's about to take a bite of his sandwich, it turns to, like, air or nothing. dust. And he's like, and he's like my oh. sandwich. He's <laughs> like, oh. <laughs> He's basically, he's gotten a taste of Tantalus's punishment. Yeah. And he's like, oh, oh he's my like, god. My sandwich. Literally my sandwich. And then that is basically the end of the chapter with them choosing which door to go down because really good cliffhanger. There's something that they really, they should, we're going left because something's coming at us from the right. So we don't yeah. want to go down there. Yeah, Tyson and Grover sniff the air, both in unison and go, we're going left. And then Ben and Percy are like, why? And they're like, because something's coming. On the right. And I'd rather not. There's a bathroom on the right. So, what a great ending to that chapter. Yeah, first thing I know, they're like, left. Left it is. Left, left. Uh Uh-huh. Let's go. Left is good. (laughs) Yes. This this is good. (laughs) If. If it's good. It's good. Left is good. So, (laughs) yeah. I love that Hera was both helpful and completely unhelpful in... And it's just her main prerogative to be always a hindrance heroes and just she like she's really putting in her oh yeah and it's like I thought you hated heroes and Hera's like I fucking do I'm gonna make this ten she's times like, out of you for no like, reason yeah. <laughs> yeah I just love seeing you fucking struggle it's so funny it doesn't change anything for me except it kind of will when you know time to take over but at the moment then just having fun just oh, stirring oh, that blood bitch so Joe these three chapters good yeah seriously we got that, some person that intro chapter was beautiful Hell yeah. So, like, guys, when we tell you we had to put our books down just to be, like, in the moment of those two hugging. Yes. You know how many times I can reread that and just get the butterflies <laughs> just imagining it? He literally talks about how his stomach was, like, 
It was so many butterflies, I felt like my stomach was going to crawl out of me. Yes. He was like, I was just so in love with her. Yes! <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> are you going to tell her that she looks like Aphrodite? Or? Gonna wish no, 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 it's the other way around. Aphrodite looks like her. Sorry. Yeah. He'll never tell that. He'll never say that to her, ever. Well, again, because uh, once again, I think he's just too stupid to realise that, dang! <laughs> oh, yeah, he doesn't, yeah, 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 yeah. He's a fully understand, he's just sort of like, oh, yeah. Looks like Annabeth. <laughs> yes. <laughs> He's just so adorable. God, this so this book is so good, and it's so cute. the reason that I love this book is because most of it is just pining. This oh, yeah. book is the culmination of the pining. I like, love pining. Everybody says everybody says the last Olympian is the pining, and I'm like, no, it is. But this they're more focused the on the war. Stage. Like it's not. They have to. They have to put it out of their minds in Last Olympian. They're not allowed to really acknowledge that until the very end. Whereas here, it's like we get a whole book of just the angst and the hate and the the feelings because they're at that point, they're at the Harry, they're at book five Harry, where their hormones and their emotions, everything is just running at an all-time high. We've got to recognize that they're, yeah, hormonal teenagers and they're going through some stuff. You can say what you want about book five Harry being annoying as fuck, but you cannot deny that it is exactly puberty. <laughs> like, that is Hormone Harry, and this is Hormone Percy and Hormone... Be Harry Potter, right? Yes. Okay. <laughs> and this is Hormone Percy and Hormone Annabeth, like, going through puberty, their feelings are too big for their bodies. Because they, like, we're waiting for them to grow, so yeah. we can fit them. <laughs> Literally. They don't fit! Literally, like, when your mum buys you shoes <laughs> and tells you to grow into them, at the moment they've got feelings that they have to grow into, and they have, but now they're No, it's up. the opposite way around. They're still running around in their shoes, yeah. and their feet have grown, and they're like, they don't fit! <laughs> My feelings don't fit anymore! <laughs> you need a bigger case! Yes. Stop having feelings so big, Percy and Annabeth. Yeah. Stop it. But actually keep doing it because oh, we love it's it. so cute. <laughs> I cannot even... Just the fact that they didn't have to say anything. She just put her arms yeah. out. Had a little... Maybe... I, and I always imagine that she had just like a slight pout or quiver in her Like chin. a little tremble? Yeah, like a little bit like... Or maybe her hands were a bit she could just see the fall apart Yeah, And he was like, this bitch is going to blow. And he yeah. does something. And then she's just sort of like... Like, like <laughs> curling into him. I'm like, yeah. Yes. So cute! And if Rick was a young adult author, then we would get the line, and then my body just fit to hers like it was the piece that was made for me. <laughs> Bitch, I love that because shit! Illustrated, it's true. Yes. Be like, he's not, so we fill in the gaps. Yes. Because <laughs> that's what I think. I can think he's like rubbing circles on her back, and yeah. she's and like clutching her yeah. really tight. Yes. Yes! That's my main takeaway from, <laughs> from these three chapters. Oh. I'm going to think about that all day. Literally. And we're going to get more of it in the next episode as well, oh, which is so going to be fucking, fucking fantastic. But if you want to talk to us outside of these episodes, yeah. we are... So I should say, the only thing that's missing from this whole series is a one-bed trope. Yes. <laughs> that's the only thing that's missing. Because it's, like, it's not a YA series. Like, it's yeah. not... It's not appropriate. Like, Damn it. The closest we get is when she's dying from poison in Last Libya. Yeah, that's the closest we get. get. But that's not being forced to sleep yeah. next to each other. That's no. just him being stressed out. Oh, wait, no. The closest we get is the stable scene in Mark That Athena. is the closest we get, but yeah. they, again, chose to do that. <laughs> yeah, they did. <laughs> Literally. So if you want to chat to us outside of the pod, we are at Damn Snack Bar Pod. Or at, no, at Damn Snack Bar? At Damn Snack Bar Pod. 
on Instagram. Fuck, I don't know. Go and find it yourself. It's in our description. It's in our link in bio. If you want to email us to ask us any questions or if you have anything that won't fit an Instagram message because it's so detailed, I love those. We are densuckbypod at outlook.com. Uh, Joe's and my <laughs> you personal send social media. Link. Oh my god, I will read everything! Yes, literally. <laughs> I literally will. If you, yeah, want to follow our personal socials, they're down in the description box. Oh, description box? They're down in the show notes. Like, just go in. Guys, it's go the regular ham. routine. Go and look. Go ham. And we would absolutely love to be with you guys next week because next week is going to be a fucking it's doozy and I fucking love one. it so much. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, well, that's it for my fun. Yeah. <laughs> I just had a fucking stroke. Woo. That's it from us today, guys. Okay, bye. bye. Dun, 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 dun.